Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. May you travel in an awakened way, gathered wisely into your inner ground, that you may not waste the invitations which wait along the way to transform you. May you travel safely, arrive refreshed, and live your time away to its fullest. Return home more enriched and free to balance the gift of days which call you. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast. And I love this elegant poem by John O'Donohue, which refers to the magic and the providence that traveling to distant and unknown lands can gift us. For some of us, adventure and travel are just part of life's journey and can even expand our spiritual experiences and create deep understanding. For others, like many of the great mystics and wisdom keepers, for example, poetess and prophet Emily Dickinson, being a homebody and not traversing around can actually feel stabilizing and deeply nourishing for our inner life and evolution. Our destinies with globetrotting have to do obviously with our unique karma and specific dispositions. And of course, in my humble opinion, it can relate to your astrology chart. For some of us have a lot of Sagittarian energy or ninth house energy, which can be an indicator of this. Whereas others have a lot of Cancer and fourth house energies, which is the home front, hold down energy, and really can affirm that we just want to stay put. <laughs> I have the former energy, as for all of you astrology lovers out there, I have my North Node in Sagittarius in the ninth house of travel, which means I have travel karma. So when I was a young adult, I traveled to over the majority of countries in Europe, as well as Africa, the great blessing of Asia, and even lived in Paris for a while and kicked around there. And one of the things that my young wanderlust actually gifted me was to realize how deeply one could go on the inside. Because when I was a kid, I meditated and had really a blessing of many mystical. When I traveled, it allowed me to jump into that flow state traveling and even sometimes suspend it with ease for days and days. It also aided me to experience the deep connectivity with strangers and, and with myself and with the intelligent order and clear design of all things I could see so, so astutely when I traveled. However, I noticed when I came back from some extensive travels, how I could also reach so many exotic and deep spaces within myself. Equally exciting and arguably really even more 
exciting with spiritual practice in those places that I visited as a kid you know I found that were enhanced when I traveled or even deeper than when I came back home and then did my practices and though at home for sure sometimes it took longer to find them they were less uh, dazzling sometimes the path towards them and required more patience but you know nonetheless spiritual practices like meditation and visualization chanting i developed and prayers and rituals and then of course all the divination tools and technologies kept growing and blowing my mind the more I committed to this inner voyaging with consistency and fervor. Um, kept growing and blowing my mind. The more I committed to this inner voyaging with consistent fervor. Now all of us have been to a new place or a new territory, whether you've traveled to distant lands or never left your hometown. And it is always helpful to have a map when doing so. These days, of course, we have Google Maps and seriously with so much air in my constitution, I don't know how I ever survived without Google Maps. I don't know how we did it. How do we do it? Because a map shows us the topography of new terrains. It's so incredibly elucidating if we go into the woods for example we can see the thickets and now know what trails and boulders to watch out for when i go to a new forest i can have wisdom ahead of time if we go to a city we can use the map to maximize our experience and really absorb with the most thoroughness and even efficiency all a city has to offer so maps allow us to become a student of the place we are journeying to. So we can really take full advantage of all the place has to offer. In the tradition of yoga, there is a map of sorts that I learned about when I was young and meditating that I have used ever since when I was a homebody, when I was traveling and then back to being a homebody again. And that chart, that landscape that I'm going to talk with you about today is the landscape of the self. And it is called the koshas. The word kosha means sheath or layer and was articulated by yogic sages approximately 3,000-ish years ago. And it was a detailed ancient yogic text that first articulated this word kosha called the Upanishads. But being that yoga is not a religion or married to any particular creed or sect of individuals, anyone can benefit from this template technology called kosha. One of the things about this podcast that I aspire to accomplish and really my goal is to offer you, the audience, very practical tools to help you understand yourself and your life more fully and to help you then feel better, clearer, and more authentic about both. So this kosha model started from the peripheral of your body. So think about that. The peripheral of your body 
right, with your skin and your physicality, and then moves all the way through all aspects of yourself to your internal core self, or what I like to call your soul self. And so you can use this kosha map as you would when you travel to orient yourself before you head out to a destination into the most exciting journey you will ever take into the terminal of you. You can use this kosha map when you feel stuck, when you feel uninspired, or even when you feel confused. You can use it to develop yourself and your life in a balanced way so you are living it to the fullest with your potential realized and all facets of yourself fully supported. It helps one integrate all aspects of self into deep, cohesive integration. Now, that's my selling it because <laughs> it's been so profound for me. But as I begin to describe the koshas, the layers of self, you will notice that most likely you have actually all been with them before. So they might not sound new to you. However, like with a Russian doll set, you know, those Russian dolls that there's one within another within another, each layer, which I refer to interchangeably, is called a body. So each doll, so to speak, is contains, you know, a, a, a body within a body within a body within a body. So there are these layers of a body within a body within a body. So you could also picture an onion if the Russian doll metaphor doesn't work for you. An onion, you know, has layers upon layers upon layers. So these are the koshas. You can think of them as a Russian doll. If that metaphor doesn't work for you. You can think of them as layers of an onion. But the onion is one thing, right? And there are many layers or sheaths. The outermost layer of self is the physical body. And that's called the anamaya kosha. The second layer or sheath is called the pranamaya kosha, the breath body. The third is referred to as the manomaya kosha, the mental body. The fourth is the vijnanamaya kosha, the wisdom body. And the fifth is called the anandamaya kosha, the bliss body. Now that I have delineated these layers, these dolls within dolls, these sheathed and named them, our contemporary language often shorthands them, of course, colloquially, like mind-body-spirit or the mind-body-connection or mind-body-heart. So we have societal quips and marketing almost that uh, we hear often that refers to these koshas, this ancient map and system. We have all experienced their connection too, perhaps unknowingly. Like when we feel scared, our breath becomes shallow automatically, right? Or when we're tense, our mind can become really easily agitated. In these aforementioned circumstances, joy and peace can seem miles away, literally. Yet, when we experience profound joy, like falling in love, or the birth of a new baby, pet, or even our dream job in our worlds, we feel this bliss permeate our entire bodies. It's palpable, bliss. When we separate each 
of these layers or each of these dolls, so to speak, then we can discover ways to actively know if each layer is integrated, is in balance, and being fully utilized. So that's why it's really helpful to sort of parse them apart and then we can look at them together and how they interface. One layer within yourself might be overworking too, and another layer might be underserved. So let's now zoom in on this most profound map and spiritual scaffolding that is ancient and yet has stood the test of time like the great spiritual technologies do starting with the first layer of self, which is very familiar to most of us, our physicality. As I mentioned, our first layer is called the Anamaya Kosha. I love the names of them in the ancient Sanskrit language, Anamaya Kosha. And the Anamaya Kosha is literally translated as our food body. Ana means food in Sanskrit. So it reminds us and hearkens to us the notion that we are what we eat, literally and to mind what we put in our bodies because of that. Ironically, the ancient yogis wrote long passages in the aforementioned text, the Upanishads, really hitting home the notion that we are of the earth and its nourishment. And what we eat affects our other koshas too. So think about it. If there's been a time where you've had spoiled food or just something that doesn't agree with you, the breath is affected. The mental body becomes agitated. So it's really like having rich nutrient fertilizer for your topsoil. And then all the other layers of koshas will benefit when that topsoil, right? Like our bodies, our outer bodies have a balanced and healthier diet. So take a moment, and if it's safe and comfortable to do so, simply take one of your hands and touch with curiosity and maybe even a little wonderment, one of my favorite words and practices, wonderment, another part of your body. Maybe it's your other hand. Touch it with the opposite hand and notice its texture. Or perhaps touch your own leg and notice with curiosity even wonderment its warmth the body acts as a signpost like when you go to a museum or you go to like a huge mall and there's a big arrow saying you are here you know and you look and you're there at that spot on the map and your body is this like we can orient ourselves because we have this physicality in this world that's physical material and embodied. The body is our house, temple, housing the other four layers, which aren't as visible. So the body is that outer kosha that's seen, and then the rest, of course, are unseen. Without our body, our psyches, and our spirits wouldn't have the opportunity to evolve. We know this, right? And so it's a great friend. Society doesn't support and really blossom in us this feeling but as modern mystics to start to cultivate friendship and beginning to view the body as an ally 
in the tantric yoga tradition, which is my main squeeze yoga tradition, the body is considered sacred and, and really revered. It's not something to desecrate, to even try to escape, but it's really a vehicle to take us higher and higher in aligned ways, of course. And it's the same thing with hygiene or exercise. If we apply good hygiene practices and regular exercise, right, we feel better. Our hygienic practices help us feel better, like brushing our teeth or taking a shower. And our emotions might feel improved and even our minds when we do these things, you know, like your mind might feel more clear after taking a great shower. Our intuitions could even feel heightened. I know for myself, after good cardio, I for sure feel like my senses are elevated and even my psychic prowess is heightened. So our bodies are connected to these other sheaths, these other layers of self in the onion. What is it that you do in your body that makes you feel more invigorated? Your breath feel deeper? What, what do you do that helps that? What do you do that helps your mind feel sharper and your heart feel more open and your spirit feel more joyful? The physical impacts the other four layers of self. And as you learn about these other four layers of self, I invite you to begin to contemplate how being a good steward of your body in turn impacts the feeling of these other koshas, these other layers underneath the body within you. So right now, I invite you to feel into your feet and your seat. Feel your legs like roots connecting to the earth, panchamama. Notice this. For many of us walk around much of our days in our bodies, but we're actually pretty disconnected from this first layer of self, which is on one hand, our most obvious layer, but yet for some of us, elusive nonetheless, some of us feel like we're only our bodies a lot of the time, and yet we're thinking and doing so many other things that we're not really feeling into our bodies. So there's a profound distinction there. Sense how by just taking your attention to the root of your body, your feet, your seat, and your legs, to the part of the body that connects you to the gross outer physical world, how it allows you to land into your body, into this sheath, into this layer of self with presence. Now begin to breathe a little more consciously and take two to three breaths, perhaps with your mouth open and feel the air come in and its temperature a little cool and then the air expelling out. And notice the subtler, perhaps, air that's a little warmer on that exhalation. And do this one or two more times, inhaling, exhaling, noticing a slight coolness on the inhale and a slight warmth on the exhale. Whether you sense the temperature difference or not, it's really of no consequence, but what you just did was shift your awareness to the second layer of the onion metaphor or Russian doll, if you're going for that imagery, which is the kosha called the pranamaya kosha. 
That's translated as the breath body or life force body. Prana is the Sanskrit term for life force. And pranayama is the name for breathwork practices. So this terminology, pranayama, which means breathwork, alludes to how when there is no life force within the body, there's no breath, for they are inextricably connected. So take a few more moments and breathe with intention. Intend to breathe. And then maybe if it's safe and you don't have a baby in your belly and you don't have any hypertension, heart issues, or eye challenges, you might even hold the breath for three counts and inhale for three counts and hold the breath for three counts. If that's a strain, maybe two counts. Inhale two, hold for two. Or just keep the breath smooth inhale, smooth exhales. And do this for a few more seconds. So that was about a half a minute. You connected exclusively to your pranic body, your pranamaya kosha. And can you feel a subtle shift? Maybe not even so subtle. Your awareness and your mind, which happens to be the next layer of self, by the way, that's what you used to work with your breath, to hold the inhalation and hold the exhalation. Breath work, which in the yoga tradition is called pranayama, as I mentioned, is designed to expand and improve the quality of your pranic body. And the breath is for sure the most quick and potent way that I know to experience the energetic layer of self. But also in my experience, it's like an inner radar that we can make stronger in its capacity, our feeling of our energy body. And so when we work with things like sensing our own auras or the other people's auras around us, when we grow our capacity for boundary work, we are working in the realm of energy. I have an episode some of you might have heard. It's a really, really popular one called Sensitivity is Sexy. Empaths, Highly Sensitive People, and Psychic Abilities, which is episode number 33. And in my coaching and astrology work, where I read charts for people and coach people as well, folks who have heightened sensitivity often have a honed sense of their prana maya kosha body. They feel the energy of others and themselves really acutely. So learning about this layer of self and how to work with it, which I go into at great length in episode 33, lots of tips and tools for this can be really helpful and life enhancing for these folks. From a physiological level, this layer of self correlates to not only the respiratory, but also the circulatory systems, which are the heart, blood, and blood vessels working together to service the cells of the body. Our circulatory system uses the network of arteries, veins, and capillaries. Blood then carries carbon dioxide to the lungs for exhalations and picks up oxygen. 
from the small intestine, the blood gathers food, nutrients, and delivers them to every cell. So there is an overlap, if you will, of the physical body into the pranic body. There's not like a clear divide, but a merging and diffuse lines between these layers of self. Because there is a give and take between them and a reciprocity, if you will. They're working together, which you can start to sense. For example, the coordination of the inhalation and the exhalation with physical movements in yoga, exercise, or even like Tai Chi or mm, Qigong, synchronize breath and body, enhancing them both, right? It synchronizes our breath and body, and then in turn, they both get enhanced. So it makes also, when we do those things, our concentrations improved. So right there, you've got the body enhanced, the first layer, the breath enhanced, the second layer, and then that third layer of concentration where we're going, which is the mind. So there's this flowing of a healthy and optimized first and second layer working together to benefit our third layer which really does have to do with concentration. This third layer of self, aka the layer of the onion, or the third doll within a doll, correlates to concentration and the psyche and the mental body. And it's called in Sanskrit, the manomayakosha. Mano literally means mind, or as Westerners would think, of specifically the egoic mind. Now in the yoga tradition, the mind is understood and broken down into four different parts. It's not just like mind, but there are like four aspects of the mind. But that's a whole nother episode. So for the purposes of this conversation, we are talking about the aspects of the mind that in yoga is called the manas. Manas is the controller of our five outer senses, and it takes in and processes all information around us. So the manomayakosha layer, this layer we're talking about, includes all that our senses are taking in and the area of our being that digests them, and also includes the aspect of the mind in the yoga tradition called the amkara, you know, I mentioned the manas, that's one out of four aspects of the mind from the yoga perspective. And then the second aspect of the mind from the yoga perspective is our ego, which is our sense of I-ness. So this layer of self we're discussing, the third layer, the manomayakosha, gives identity, individuality, and establishes our sense of uniqueness to ourselves and to others. So from a physiological perspective, with this layer of self, it corresponds to our nervous system and it expresses all the aforementioned aspects of self through our thoughts. As humans, we are so identified with our thoughts. And when I was contemplating it and the koshas, I came back to what I always come back to is that I feel like one could argue this layer, this third layer of self, even though it's invisible to the naked eye, is the layer of self most available to the majority of people. Because in our fast-paced modern society, so many people I work with, right, though they're in a body, they're still very cut off from their bodies. And often our minds 
are so congested. They're as congested as an urban highway on our journeys. And so this map of the koshas can be exceedingly helpful because it can allow us to experience that we are so much more than just our minds. We are so much more, dear ones, than just our thoughts. And if we can expand our sense of the other layers of self, particularly the ones that we aren't in touch with or attuned to much at all, then the layers of self that are over-exaggerated in our experience, and for many, this is the case with the manomayakosha, the mind layer, we can then bring ourselves much more into balance and then the quality of our life improves. If we identify mostly with this one layer of the onion, then we're really missing out on the juiciness and potency of all the other layers, the four other layers. And we feel ourselves to be thinner and much more limited with flavor than we really are. So if our mind is in a state of obsessiveness, compulsiveness, going in a million directions, or even anxious, our second layer of self, as in our breath, becomes erratic and even labored. So the state of our mind, right, that third layer affects that second layer of our breath and our energy. So again, there's this connection between these layers of self. If you've ever practiced physical yoga, asana, and you attempt to pull the breath a little bit to the back of the throat, which is called ujjayi breathing. This is a type of breath work, pranayama. This one-pointed exercise of concentrating the breath in a certain way while moving your body in yoga postures, you are thus attempting to use your body, the first layer of self, in harmony with the breath, the second layer of self, which in turn has a result on the third layer of self. And the mind gets much more clear, it gets calmer for many of us, and we're bridging them all together in more harmony. So that's one example. There are many different examples. So when we hone in on something is the point. So much so that when we meditate, or even watch a movie, like if you're reading a book or watching a movie and you become so absorbed in that one thing that your mind stops its regular mental chatter, right? The things that you usually think about or worry about, right? Are not even in the background, they're gone because you're so absorbed in what you're watching or reading. And so when we do that, the manomayakosha becomes more powerful. It's like a muscle, it's getting exercised because it's honing in on one thing, so it's getting strong. Of course, extra when we read. When the waters of the mind settle, then we can feel the power of who we really are and also experience the peace of who we are as well, the truth of that. We can also then review our thoughts and then our thoughts, when we're reviewing them and witnessing and watching them become tools, the ones that don't serve us, we can breathe out or we can replace them with thoughts that do. This is the work of this layer of self. And it also straddles this layer of self, our feeling body, because we process input 
right, in this layer of self from the outside world. That's part of what the mind does. Uh, there's all this input coming in from, you know, all directions, and the mind processes it. And then we think about it. We think who we're seeing, who said what, all the things. And then we have emotions about it. We have feelings. So these emotions and feelings that we have happen in this layer of self as well, partly. And it's really associated with these surface emotions that come up from what we see, feel, think, you know, experience through the senses. The feelings that arise then are seated here in tandem with our thoughts because we think things you know i see a baby and then that makes me happy and makes me giggle and makes me feel joy right and that was information that i saw from the outside i took it in the thoughts what i think about that give me a feeling if there's a reason that seeing a baby would make me sad like i see a baby and it reminds me of my child who is no longer a baby and then I miss that time with them as a baby, right? That is a narrative I've told myself and the thoughts then create a new feeling within ourself. So this is all under the auspices of the Manomaya Kosha, that third layer of self. The fourth layer of self or sheath is called the Viyana Maya Kosha. I love this layer of self because it refers to our wisdom body, known colloquially as our intuition, or you could think of it as your soul's intelligence. And it's when we have those aha moments of insight or downloads from the universe, it is when we have deeper understandings into ourselves and also the world around us. It is those moments in life when the muse strikes and we feel inspired about something and want to create or to take action. Or we think of traveling somewhere and then opportunities all of a sudden show up to go to that exact place. Or maybe we learn a new word and then that day you hear it like three more times. That's happened to you, right? It's synchronicity. It's serendipity. Well, how do we get to this fourth layer of self? By doing rituals and practices and activities that align and balance the first three koshas because they, like rivers, all feed into each other, right? They're the diffuse in their delineations. So we can get there by noticing which activities bring us inspiration if we want to get to that fourth kosha is it going to an art museum or maybe a political rally what people and situations stir our inner muse which ones stir your inner muse it's a really beautiful contemplation for some it's being in community for me for sure it's word medicine <laughs> maybe it's this podcast or some other form of words and of course for many of us it's music. Oh, I love music so much. Our favorite music can shift our breath, right? It can shift instantly. That second kosha. Music can affect our body instantly. That first kosha. Music can change our thought and feeling patterns. The third kosha. 
And of course, music can leave us inspired, the fourth kosha. So music can impact all of these layers. And music can also in turn lead us to the fifth layer of self, the kosha called ananda maya kosha, the bliss body. This is the feeling of arriving to the destination of yourself. So if we have this map, we are trying to get here at different moments in our life. It'd be like the peak of the mountain. We're not meant to stay at the peak necessarily all the time, or that's hard to do, but we aspire to, to go to the peak, this bliss body. And it's really like the core self of who you are at your essence. The Sanskrit word for the name of this kosha, ananda, ananda maya kosha, literally means bliss, peace, and deep contentment. The contentment that comes not from the outer fluctuations of life circumstances, but from a deep knowing that you are the universe embodied. It's remembering and plugging ourselves into the deep space of presence. It's being conscious of consciousness. It's being aware of awareness. Who is watching your life and reporting it back to you, right? This witness, this observer of your life lives in your Ananda Maya Kosha. When we do practices and rituals and activities that deliver us to and reflect back to us this deepest layer of soul self to the ground of our being, then these feelings of contentedness arise. Even if they are fleeting, this is truly a destination to keep plugging our inner GPS into. It is the layer of self that is timeless, that never dies, that always has ample energy because it is source itself. It is the vortex and the wellspring and the big picture perspective of life when we're like, right, this is the wise perspective of life, right? We don't have to wait to the near-death experience. We don't have to wait till somebody else passes, right? We can practice getting into that space of really seeing our life from that greater, broader perspective view. And when we do so, and we're in this view, this is called the Ananda Maya Kosha. It's also when we have those moments of feeling contented for no outer reason. Like no outer reason at all. You don't see a deer in the forest. You just like living your life and all of a sudden you have this deep wellspring of like gratitude or just peace that overwashes you. There's also perhaps a reason at times like a baby is born into your world and for that brief moment, everything seems like it is just happening as it's meant to be and when that happens and we feel that ecstasy that awe we are established in our anamayakusha layer of self when we feel utterly expanded ultra liberated and joyful we are connected to this layer of self so now I invite you to experience these koshas very briefly within your own being to crystallize these 
teachings and philosophy today and really help you remember this map. So take a moment and if it's safe and feels right for you to do so, feel into your body's sensations. Just feel into the entirety of your whole being and physicality. From your toe tips, up through the crown of the head, and then out your fingertips. And simply in this moment of your life, what stands out for you in the way of sensation? And simply notice. Do you feel your fingers pulsing a little bit extra? Or maybe your hips feel slightly relaxed. Or perhaps the shoulders feel a little tight. So just label what you're feeling and what stands out for you. And then think of this or these sensations and begin to breathe more fully. Both holding space for the sensation or sensations and the breath. And now begin to intentionally use the breath to expand or dissipate the sensation. So if it's pleasant, even neutral, try to expand it. If it's something you're wanting to release, use the breath consciously to dissipate the sensation. Then notice a feeling or a thought in the mind's eye right now. Like maybe you're feeling empowered by this podcast. Or maybe you're trying not to think about what you're going to do after this podcast and you're trying to stay with my words. And just begin to hold this thought in your mind's eye. Whether you perceive it as positive, neutral, negative, and add a concentrated breath to this thought. And notice how the breath can affect this thought by now choosing to either blow the thought away and releasing the thought, or perhaps you're breathing into this thought feeling and you're looking to increase it. Word medicine, inspiration, ah. And then begin to think of something or someone that really inspires you. It could be a piece of art, it could be a role model, it could be sometime you attended a rock concert or the magic of a serendipity that's happened in the last week. Like you thought of a friend and they texted you at that moment. And notice first how you can think a thought with your Manomaya Kosha. You're thinking a thought. And then how this thought can deliver you to a feeling of inspiration. The joy at a concert. The expansiveness you feel at a museum or when you're in your creative flow state doing your thing. How the thought or the feeling 
intertwine with the thought of something and the remembrance of you can take you to the state of the muse, the state of being inspired. And of course, you could always add the breath and expand it. But now you're in the muse state, the fourth state of the Vijnana Maya Kosha, sponsored by the third layer, the mind and feelings led you to the state of inspiration. And then with the breath, keep growing this feeling of inspiration like a balloon. Keep repeating the thought of your inspiration, or maybe you're so basking in that inspiration that you feel your whole body filled with it, feeling flow until the activity or specific serendipity you're recollecting is so big that your whole body is filled with joy, with ecstasy, with bliss of it all that you can use the technology of yourself and your thoughts to inspire yourself and just think of the flow, think of the abundance, the inspiration. And maybe you get to the fifth layer of self, that Ananda Mayakosha. The underlying feeling beneath it is all Ananda bliss with each breath, peace, welcoming in joy, welcoming in unconditional love. You can even think of someone you love unconditionally. It makes you smile if that helps. And when you do so, that tickle in your heart, that is the Ananda Mayakosha. So naturally, there are some days when we're just flowing through several or even all layers of the five koshas, the five layers of self. And then there are other seasons of life or days when we might be more stuck in one or two aspects of self, only living in in one to two aspects of our koshas. And so when we are feeling uncertain or stuck or sad, or anxious, or perhaps inspired and jazzed to do some deeper healing work and or soul exploration. No, this map of the five koshas can be exceedingly helpful. This map of the koshas, think about, and you can contemplate which kosha is dominating you right now, or you're really in its terrain, And which ones aren't you exploring so readily? If we went to the mountains but had no map, we could get lost or we could inefficiently find our way around, which of course can be fun, but long-term also tiring and less optimized. So having a map of these five koshas can help us take expanded leaps in our soul's evolution and, and help us summit with grace, even the most arduous time. May this map be a touchstone for many years to come on the journey of your one precious life. Namaste. For those listeners who are hearing this in October 2022, 
I am actually feeding my Sagittarius North Node and I'm so excited to be traveling to modern Glastonbury, England, aka ancient Avalon, with a dear friend and colleague of mine, Sienna Sherman. Sienna Sherman is leading an exquisite retreat October 23rd through October 29th in Glastonbury, England. So if you want to join me and her, simply go over to SiannaSherman.com and check out the details for this scintillating trip there. Also, if you'd like an astrological blueprint chart reading, head on over to modernmystic.love and book a reading with me. We'd love to work with you. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership. My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up-level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests, So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.